podcast, The Final Frontier. These are the conversations of the friendship Matt Myra and Andrew Secunda. Their continuing mission. To seek out old adventures with contrived civilizations. To boldly watch episodes that one of them has watched before. Hey everybody, welcome to Star Trek The Next Conversation. I'm Matt Myra. I'm Andrew Secunda. We are coming to you live from Andy's Ready Room. Live in the sense that we are recording it live. I mean, what you're hearing is happening in real time. That that seems like for a lie us. unless I've misunderstood. Oh, for us. Yes. <laughs> We're in real time. Yeah. We're, it's live for us. Please. And it couldn't be more exciting. Write in and tell us how you feel right now. We'll read it live on the air. <laughs> you can't, we can't do that. Oh, <laughs> no, no, we will. It'll be just fine. <laughs> they can't call. They can't write. We can only read them in the past uh, or the future. Well, you know, time is a paradox. Yeah, that's true. Ain't it the truth? It <laughs> ain't that the way. So... Uh, you know, it was my birthday yesterday. I did not know it was your birthday yesterday. I know you didn't. How do you tell people? You don't got to tell people that kind of thing. I get miserable on my birthday. So oh, all right. Well, that's fair. I was... Uh, and I just test and see which one of my friends cares enough to figure out when my birthday is. Well, that's really a crazy thing to do. <laughs> that's one of the many crazy things that I do. <laughs> Happy birthday. Oh, well, yeah, sure. Day after. I, related. I, I had literally no idea. There was, really no, there was also no way for me to know unless I was like on IMDb or something looking up your birthday. <laughs> it was actually very pleasing to, uh, to, to have an interaction with you. And clearly you had no idea because I put so much pressure on myself on my birthday. Oh, well, it is also weird. It would have been a weird move for you to be like, it's my birthday, by the way. Um, well, then how do you, what do you do? You got to have a big party, which is another No, you don't have to have a big, big party. You tell people beforehand. You'd be like, oh, my birthday is next week. What should I do? That's a way to say it. Right. I'm not good at, at casual ways of dropping things. I think it is crazy that Andy had a birthday and I didn't know. Yeah. Uh, but also it is, it is one of those things as an adult human being, when you're not around people, right? how are you going to know? It's also, um, it's kind of an interesting, uh, an interesting aspect of, uh, that you and I are, are really, we're in our first year of friendship. Uh-huh. We you would never know birthday. it. I wouldn't know. By the amount of crackling chemistry between us I mean, and, it's and just, comfort. It's and, like a warp core. That's how much fucking reaction is happening inside of our friendship. It, it's really true. <laughs> it's and pro- probably just as much just damage a, in a battle situation. Just as too. explosive. As, <laughs> it's very explosive. Uh, we, we really, we re-jumped, which was, which was one of the reasons we did do this podcast, because it was commented on. We jumped from, we really, I really like this guy, to, what are you fucking talking about, like, immediately? <laughs> 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 the jump from, oh, this guy's a great guy, to, this guy's like my brother, and I'm going to fucking... <laughs> I think those, those are the best friendships. I just dropped a couple of F-bombs right at the top of the podcast. It's and okay. by the way... We have an explicit tag. We have a... Oh, do we? I believe so. Um, it has been commented on in a couple of the uh, the reviews, by the way. Uh-huh. Um, oh, we swear a lot? Uh, no, just that it happens occasionally, and I wondered what our stance was. We even received a... I don't know if it was a letter. It was, a, it was just I'm, sort of like... It was basically... I'm confused by that. What is... Is it a, is it a bad thing? Um, is it, it a good thing? It was like a Should review... we swear less? It was like a review where it kind of commented... On they drop. You should be aware that they drop the f bomb and a couple of times in 
the podcast kind of a heads up to other people. Oh. And it made me think, are we... And I think someone else commented, I don't know, this is another thing you're, you're never going to do, something about, like, can you market so that that way I can play it for my kids? Which is interesting. I hadn't even thought that kids would Children be listening should to not this. be listening to this podcast. Is there that much explicit content? I just don't do pod- content for children. <laughs> wow. <laughs> See, I feel like... You know, have the podcast reach the hands of as many people as possible. I think if you're raising a child, and I, I've uh, been pushing for us to translate this podcast into Mandarin, I thought for you were going to say you've been pushing for us to have a child. <laughs> well, there's that too. The chemistry really uh, is <laughs> out of control here, guys. Um, no, I think if you're raising a kid that likes Star Trek, I think that kid should know some swears here and there. I mean, what? double double dumbass on you. That's Star Trek Four. That's, that's Shatner says shit. A... Data says oh shit when they're going to crash into the planet on Generations. In Generations, does he say that? Yeah. He says oh shit. Um, you should be uh, entertained to know mm-hmm. that uh, my computer just crashed. <laughs> that's not that uh, entertaining. <laughs> you are using an archaic piece of uh, equipment from the... And uh, all of my... Mid-aughts. All of my... Uh, all of my... Um, pages and uh and bookmarks were open <laughs> uh, well if you reboot it should all come back up all right we'll see that's that's the plan anyway this is the advantage of having a mac genius working with you oh god i wish uh i wish i still had those skills are they all gone i hope so i did try and i asked matt if he would help me with something at some point and you the the bristling was off the charts <laughs> which i understand if that's your past life you do not want to revisit it Andy, would you like to just teach me some improv games on the fair side enough. okay I mean, I really, fair I, enough i know i should yes and but like what else is there the truth is i would be delighted to help oh, you God. learn how to improvise <laughs> I would uh, be undelighted to uh, <laughs> ask someone that question. <laughs> uh, by the way, I keep forgetting to mention it. This mm-hmm. is usually something you would do at the end. But uh, just for the sake of my teams, I um, I improvise once a month with the Swarm for Saturday of every month at UCB Sunset at 9 p.m. And every week uh, for a half hour with Soundtrack um, at 9.30 every Friday at UCB Franklin. That's up, right, Citizens Brigade. If you want to come, I don't care. I think you should Honestly, come. I go love it when Andy. people go, but I, uh, I, I'm not at the point where I am now invested in whether we have an audience. Uh, and uh, and, <laughs> Wait, and whenever I, people go like, oh, I'll come see you, as though it's a favor for me, I don't. It's I, I am uninvested in uh, my friends coming to see me. But uh, if it's of interest to you, please uh, join. Uh, go see Andy. It could be his birthday. You'll never know. I sh- well, he won't tell anyone. That's true. My tabs are closed. What did you do did, for your my birthday? My tabs didn't come up. Um, <laughs> a friend of mine said, because I get so dark on my birthday, I should volunteer. And so I went to an old folks home and I uh, pushed an old folk uh, to a 99 cent store so he could buy some stuff. My friend who I went with had an awesome interaction with this old guy. It's got all metaphysical and was talking about, you know, pure souls or, you know, versus uh, sociopathic souls and all this weird stuff. And uh, my guy, uh, Jim, who I, who I enjoyed very much, um, in the end, the first thing he says to me is, there are certain things I don't want to talk about. 
That's the first uh-huh. thing he said. Uh-huh. And I was like, we don't have to talk about anything at all, Jim. And uh, and then the second thing he says is, yeah, I got it worse than you. And I'm like, I really connect to this guy. <laughs> I get this guy. <laughs> well, that's a nice thing to do on your birthday. And then towards the end, right near the end, we got into a conversation where he was talking about, like, I heard him singing Psycho Killer and I said David Byrne and he said oh yeah they were they were the best and I said you saw Talking Heads he was like yeah 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 and I got into that he was talking about the tubes it was crazy it was oh, like what the hell you're a hip old dude turns out you never know uh, how cool old people are until you talk to them I really learned a lot about that so what did you do once the volunteering was over um I went home and I wrote and then I realized, as I do every year, that it was too late to throw together a big birthday party. So I, uh, so I went out to dinner with a friend of mine, and then she took me uh, to a bar. I was do I was I could have done anything. I was doing nothing last night. I drove home. My wife was still out of town. It sounded like you were in the involved with stuff. You were driving. I was driving or... home from Vegas. Yeah. So uh, you know. I had two hours. I had two hours uh, to kill in the car. I thought I'd call my friend Andy, see what he was up to. Yeah. Maybe figure out if it was his birthday or not. (laughs) Uh, You know. Uh, I'm sorry I deprived you of that that opportunity. Could have bought you a a beverage of your choice. Maybe a couple. Maybe a bottle. It's true. I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that. I let you down on my birthday. (laughs) We'll always have uh, the arsenal of freedom. That's right. Uh, Andy, how much longer do you think it will take you to get all your tabs ready to go? Oh, are you waiting on me? I was really enjoying the uh, the chill beginning to the podcast. Oh, that was me vamping to fill time oh, for you. It was so successful that I didn't even <laughs> spot what was happening. <laughs> I don't care what you did on your birthday. It was strangely. I felt so paid attention to and listened to. Uh-huh. And I was just like, wow. I feel like, I feel like Matt and I reached another level. Yeah. But no. We... Um, Listen, I'm just great at vamping on a podcast. You really fun. are. You, As I've said, I said in the last podcast, you were the Hank Aaron of vamping. I try. Um, yeah, we can jump in. We can? Great. Um, that would mean. Oh, there was one thing I want to do. Vamp for just one second longer. Sure. You know what? Don't even vamp. I'll, I'll set it up. How do you feel about moving the Admiral's Club to the end? Or should we keep it at the beginning? I feel fine about moving it to the end. Let me ask you this. Do you care in any way? Whether or not it's at the end or the beginning? Yes. No. I, I think the people that will, the people that don't want to hear the emails, I think, are f- very happy that we're putting a time code in. Um, and then I think if they're listening to the podcast and they naturally hear us end the t- conversation on the episode, they can choose to turn it off. Mm-hmm. And those, uh, those elite few admirals uh, will stick around and listen to the end. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's put it at the end today. So okay. give me some moment. I have a great idea of what's going to happen at the end. Uh, we're going we're gonna to wrap it up. Yeah. And then we're going to wait for Andy to figure out where the admirals are. But at least, uh, at least that way people can just go, all right, I've heard the, uh, I've heard the bulk of the episode. <laughs> I can get out of this. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, that being said, I guess it's time to open hailing frequencies. Seems reasonable, pal. Captain, Captain we are being hailed. 
Oh, I was so proud of myself. No, who, um, knows, who knows what that button was? That I could know. have been anything. I don't think you messed up. Okay. Not yet. Guys, love the podcast. I've been a Star Trek fan since I was 12, and a Matt Meyer fan since I first heard him on The Nerdist. Andy already seems like part of the family. <laughs> Andy's theories are my favorite. While rewatching Heart of Glory with Andy's theories in mind, I was struck by how angelic Data looked through Geordi's eyes. He had a major aura thing going on, was distinctly more pleasant to look at than Commander Riker. <laughs> I totally agree with. Maybe Geordi's fetish is a result of his visor distorting his worldview to make machines more attractive. Very interesting. Please never stop watching and talking about Star Trek. It makes my Mondays. Melanie, Wilmington, Delaware. Um, thank from, you for listening. Thank you, Melanie. Uh, from Musato, uh, and it has in quote stats booster. <laughs> So I don't know if that's his nickname he's giving himself mm-hmm. or that is a phonetic uh, spelling of his last name. Um, I would also love that Worf be John Wickish. He's referring to your your statement last week, Matt. Yeah. But I have a uh, Musato theory on that. Worf was raised by the Rosenkos and uh, not by Klingon parents. He may have, ha- have an inherent ability from his Klingon genes to have greater strength and agility, but not the training from birth from a Klingon family. So he's, that's why he's bad at baseball is what you're telling me. Essentially. Interesting. I don't know if I buy it. I don't buy it either. And I also feel like, yeah, but he did join Starfleet and he clearly has an intuitive attraction to violence. Yeah. And war and battle. So I feel like he would have done everything he could to. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, I had commented, uh, well, it, it's explained in the email, so I won't even go into it. Next episode, trailer voiceovers from uh-huh. uh, David Osmo. Um, well done, Andy. Noticing the change voiceover narration for the next episode trailer in the just released episode of the podcast. It might interest you to know that up to this ep- up to this episode, the regular trailer narrator was Ernie Anderson, father of Boogie Nights, Magnolia, and There Will Be Blood director Paul Thomas Anderson. Whoa! A fact that I learned from Dana Gould's Dana uh, Dana Gould Hour pushing okay. Dana Gould's Hour podcast. I love but Dana, Dana Gould Hour is the probably the best produced podcast on the West Coast. What I thought you said that Gilmore Guys was the best produced podcast. No, it's the most fun podcast to do. Oh, interesting. I think the Dana Gould Hour, the amount of work that Dana puts into that show is phenomenal. Has he got a lot of sound cues and stuff? He's got a lot of everything. Well, maybe I should listen to that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I like him very much as a person. Uh, people might also recognize his voice as the announcer from uh, America's Funniest Home Videos, the narration and the opening titles oh. to the 80s cartoon Chase and the Wheeled Warriors. And just generally on most bumpers and internal commercials for ABC in the 80s and 90s. Filling in for him on this episode's trailer was Don LaFontaine. He's so ubiquitous at the time. himself. He's the original in a world guy. Um, um, unlike Matt, I've always remembered Anderson's as being the regular voice. So last week was atypical and, uh, and, and the normal guy comes back this week. Cool. Good information. That was a good information uh, email. This one is uh, self-serving, um, yeah. but it was funny. Uh, Andy Podcrash, Podcrush. Um, each time I, uh, each time Andy keeps talking about his mad skills pertaining to pancakes and sex, it's increasingly more difficult to tamp down this developing Podcrush. I suppose it's a good thing that STTNG season one is the most effective cold shower ever. <laughs> Uh, I thought it was funny. Oh, well. Uh, Lost Missing Scene. 
<laughs> Maybe that'll kill your pod crush idea. Um, uh, Drew Defonso Marks, friend of the podcast, says, Hey guys, in episode 19, you edited around Andy's difficulties when his internet went down. Are you going to release this missing recording somewhere? I think fans would love to hear nine minutes of you guys trying to connect to Wi-Fi. Um... I might have honestly might have stopped recording. I don't. I don't know that that exists. Uh, whatever the case, you missed nothing. I can promise you that. Uh, and that is all we got. Cool. That was a very tight email section, Andy. Great job. Thank you. Thank you so much for heeding the notes from Omar. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate it. He appreciates it. And. Uh, Wow, I can't believe we're already ready to jump into the episode. Well, you, you know, you... Uh, this is exciting for me, you everybody. Gave me, you gave me a real chiding, and uh, I felt like I, I had to respond. excited. You I, were my commanding it, officer on this like podcast. It's like you got me a birthday present for your birthday, and that was you getting better at email selection. Well, you know, I've learned to give on my birthday, because other you, people are... You more, literally did. Yeah. I'm, I'm really uh, proud of you. <laughs> Andy, uh, of course, turned 39 years old. That's right. 39 uh, years young. Can't believe it. Already, you're pushing 40. You're going to get there eventually. Yeah. Uh, so, the episode, The Arsenal of Freedom. I uh, really enjoy some Echo Papa 647s or whatever the fuck they're called. Uh, killing drones. This episode is production number 121, and it aired... The week of April 11th, 1988. Andy. Matt, get out of my dreams, get into my car by Billy Ocean. Was on the U.S. Airwaves, number one. Oh. What a great tune, huh? It is a it is a great tune. I really enjoy Billy Ocean's two hits. Um, hey, some people don't get that second hit. He defied those... That's true. One he's hit a, wonder critics. He's not, he's not a one hit wonder. Kylie Minogue was finally dethroned in the UK by the Pet Shop Boys with their single Heart. Uh, action star Steven Seagal made his big screen debut in Andrew Davis's Above the Law. Uh huh. The 60th Academy Awards were held. Winners included Michael Douglas for Best Actor, Cher for Best Actress in Moonstruck, Sean Connery, Best Supporting Actor of The Untouchables. I remember that. Olympia Dukakis, Best Supporting Actress in Moonstruck, and Jeremy Aww. Thomas. I don't even know who that is. Big. His, uh, best Picture, The Last Emperor. Big, uh, uh, big uh, Moonstruck from, from... Oh, huge Moonstruck. I think that uh, John Patrick Shanley also won for for uh, for Best Screenplay, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, well-deserved. Time Magazine's cover captioned, Jesse? Exclamation point, question mark. Featured Je- Reverend Jesse Jackson smirking with his arms crossed. Time declined to... I don't know. Smir- is smir- I don't know smirking is from Matthew Kirk who wrote this up or if, that's, if that was written somewhere. It seems maybe questionable. Time declined to use the interrobang in its caption favoring traditional punctuation. Oh, yeah. I like to imagine Patrick Stewart cranking this in his green Jaguar as he pulled onto the Paramount lot for a day of shooting. <laughs> Turning left uh, from uh, the west side into the Melrose Gate of Paramount. How you doing, sir? Hey, Charlie. Make it real. 
Oh. And then the uh, and then there's a there's a sharp record stra- scratch when he uh, when he gets to the front and sees his lawyer standing there with arms crossed. Oh, I thought Ted Danson was in his spot. Oh. <laughs> uh, all right, guys. Uh, Arsenal feed freedom start at four one seven nine eight point two. This is directed by Les Landau and uh, red alert on the uh, writing credits for this episode: Richard Manning and Hans Beamler. Uh, or Beimler, rather, uh, wrote the teleplay. The story was by Maurice Hurley and Robert Lewin. That's I have a lot to say about that, because I was wondering. I didn't look to see if it was Maurice Hurley who wrote it, and I thought, I bet Maurice Hurley wrote this episode. Well, he certainly did the story, apparently. Mm-hmm. Which, I don't know how you guys, how, how two people come up with a story, and still the teleplay goes to someone else. The teleplay went to whom? Went to Richard Manning and Hans Beimler, Beimler. Okay. I wonder how the I wonder how character payments work. I wonder how that shook out. Because uh Do you think that's why we never saw uh uh Ensign, Ensign Sue, Sue and Lieutenant Solis again? Well that's what I'm wondering is did he did he do the story and therefore he wanted to introduce a bunch of characters, or does the person who wrote the story not get a character payment? I don't know how that works. A character payment, by the way, is if you write the episode where a character is introduced, then you get a little bit of cash every time that character comes back and it's like 250 dollars or something i think it's more than that it's like a thousand well a thousand now i don't know what it was then yeah but i don't know we never track it because uh, matt and i are not we don't create responsibly we don't financially the, responsible uh, to ourselves the, uh, yeah we're not uh, looking out for that i don't know if i hope that golfer who spoke in my uh episode of the goldbergs comes back who has no name of course. <laughs> of course, the golfer. you got to bring the golfer back. A lot of Feature. plot lines are going to revolve around him. Um, is there anyone else in that that speaks that... I'm trying to think of that episode. Now everyone else is... Everyone else belongs to... Uh, did Mark write the J, the first JTP episode? No. Uh, Nikki Schwartzwright ah, and Mac Marshall. Good for those two. Wrote it. And they are making bank. And neither of them are on the show. Um, <laughs> Nikki's great. moved on to greener pastures. And uh, and every time we write an episode, there's always a little bit. Or just like, oh, man. That would be nice. Because <laughs> the JTP is, uh, is three extra characters. I mean, also, you know, you talk to... I was talking to Sam Lerner, who plays... Uh, Schwartz. Uh, Jeff Schwartz. He was in 20 episodes last season. Oh, yeah. 20 out of 22 or yeah. 24. It's crazy. Oh. Anyway, that was a walk down television lane for everybody. This uh, episode features uh, the great character actor. Vincent Schiavelli. Vincent Schiavelli. Everyone knows him from Ghost, mostly. I decided that's where people most know him <laughs> I, from. I don't agree. I know him from Moonlighting. <laughs> I know him from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Just a consummate consummate uh character actor on the on the side that people are just like ah oh, that guy he's in everything so the episode synopsis from the star trek the next generation companion revised edition reads the enterprise is sent to the planet minos uh to search for the missing uss drake the famed world of arms merchants hails the ship with a commercial for weapons but surprisingly the sensors show no sentient life on the planet on minos rikers meets the Drake's captain, an old friend, but quickly realizes he's dealing with a holographic projection. 
it transforms itself into a small flying fighter drone that encases Riker in a stasis field. The drone is destroyed, but increasingly smarter ones appear. While fleeing them, Picard and Dr. Crusher fall into a cavern. She's hurt, and they can't get out. Above them, Data, Riker, and Yar fight off the drones, but one of them goes into orbit to attack the Enterprise. Left in command there, LaForge must contend with not only a green helm crew, but also a pompous engineer who wants command. After separating the ship, he leaves orbit to devise a defense. In the cavern, Picard stumbles onto the core uh, of the mess, an automated ultimate defense system, which he realizes was probably responsible for killing the Minotians as well. LaForge pulls off a tricky atmospheric tactic to destroy the attacking probe, just as Picard discovers the attack is an automated demonstration and ends it. It just occurred to me, this is the second time in a handful of episodes where, this, where their solution is, dive into the atmosphere. <laughs> oh, right, the, to the bounce shuttle the craft. shuttle, sure. Yeah. yeah. Somebody sent us an awesome picture of us in a shuttlecraft, by it's the way. It's about time. I mean, I've been waiting so. for that all my life. <laughs> it's really funny. I'm going to put it up all somewhere. Right. It'll go on our Instagram. That's right, which is at Star Trek TNC and uh, our Twitter is also at Star Trek TNC and our email I'm doing it now because I'll forget later yeah is uh, uh, sttncpod at gmail.com great work let's kick it off Andy with the Captain's Log Captain's Log Stardate 41798.2 we have been ordered by Starfleet to proceed to the Lorenz Cluster and investigate the disappearance of the light cruiser USS Drake, which was in that system trying to unravel a mystery of its own, which began when recent long-range probes indicated that all intelligent life on the planet Minos had disappeared. Hmm. What do you think of that cold, cold, cold log? <laughs> Not enough emotion for you? Couldn't, uh, couldn't really figure out a way to say what I wanted to say there, which was... What do you think of that setup? Uh, I think it's fine. I'm interested. All right. You got me. He's on board. Everybody, yeah. Andy's on board. I yeah. think we're all going to be better for it. <laughs> uh, so this is one of those classic uh, Trek episodes where uh, people who deal in weapons are jerks and usually end up with their own demise. Otherwise, a man like Rice would have reported it. But let's talk about this scene which from early on now this is the first season we're seeing commander Riker being afraid he's afraid of taking command of his own ship mm-hmm. which continues for 15 more years tell me about Abel good officer how would he react under stress Paul Rice is confident to the point of arrogance but he carries it well because he's usually right he's a risk taker really I'll give you an example one of the final tests in advanced navigation at the academy provides the students with three options. Rice was given this test, rejected their options, and offered one of his own. That's taking a risk. And it paid off. He received the top grade, and now that same test has four options. In a difficult situation, a man like that would act aggressively. Agreed. Commander, weren't you offered the Drake? Yes. You gave up your own command to take this assignment? At the time, I thought it would be more advantageous to do a tour on the Enterprise. Captain. Re- <laughs> <laughs> we all talk about it. <laughs> um, there's two, two things. One thing is the description that he's talking about with the, with the uh, Starfleet exam yeah. 
It's this, again, the second time in a handful of episodes that it's so clearly they're inspired by the Kobayashi Maru. And I just don't understand. Like, they must have known that the Star Trek audience had seen it. Wow. It's, there were this three. Is not, uh, this is not. No, he came up not. with another option besides the options that were presented to him. What well, a renegade. Well, it's like, yeah, like Kirk and the Kobayashi Maru. That's different. Kirk reprograms the Kobayashi Maru. Oh, come on. How is that and different? This guy's like, guys, you're missing a real obvious solution here. And this is the solution. It's very different. Well, I guess what's different is that he didn't cheat. But to me, that the concept is the same and it's close enough that why are you? Why are we even. Um, why, why is why is this the thing they're spending writing time on? You know what, Andy? I decided we should take command of the USS Lollipop. <laughs> that is the appropriate. <laughs> that's the appropriate ship for us. That's for sure. Uh, the other thing I was going to say is uh, is um, if uh, if you uh, here, I'll just hit this. Mm-hmm. Andy's theory. Whoa, early theory. Uh, it's an early theory. I got a, a very, I got a lot of little supportive theories through the whole episode. Um, and uh, if you, if you, so we have, so Worf brings up, um, uh, Riker, didn't you give up command? And, and Riker looks so uncomfortable. And then he's just like, you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to throw it out on the table. And if you hit play from that point, I think you'll see he turns like he's like that the, the cat that ate the canary and looks at... Oh, yeah, no. Looks, looks at Picard. Uh, didn't I? Didn't I? <laughs> hit it. I, I, I'm not gonna you lost it? it? It's, uh, it's, I'm already moved on. All right, let me see. It's if a visual look. Why am I playing a visual look on a podcast? How would he react under stress? Oh, All right. Boy. Vegetation and animal life. Oh, screw everybody. Agreed. You're doing this to look at the Drake. He speaks also. You gave up your own command to take this assignment? At the time, I thought it would be more advantageous to do a tour on the Enterprise. Captain. Oh, you're right. It is more of a look. (laughs) 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 But I I encourage everybody to go to around 140. Did you write your own own dialogue for that? (laughs) Sure did. I've got some fan fiction on, uh, on, on Ricard. Uh, uh, I ship Ricard, um, and everybody should check it out. All right, well, um, but whatever case, point is, uh, he stays on the ship because he's uh, he's absolutely in love with Picard. I mean, I don't know. Andy's theories are very interesting because he's really smart. Uh, I don't really fault him for that i mean wouldn't you be in love with patrick stewart oh i'm i'm rooting for it to happen i have no issue with it i'm just saying uh let's stop you know let's stop let's stop lying to ourselves wherever you are wherever you're from greetings welcome to minos the arsenal of freedom i'm captain jean-luc picard of the uss if you need a little something special be it for one target or multiple targets we got it you'll see it here on minos where we live by the motto, peace through superior firepower. To whom am I speaking? To be totally armed is to be totally secure. Remember, the early bird that hesitates gets wormed. It is a recorded message, sir. Minos, the arsenal of freedom, perfection in highly advanced weaponry. Versatility. You must have triggered something left over from the Ursula Rope Wars when the arms business was booming. So lock on to my signal and beam on down. Because 
We don't just provide weapons. Shut that off. We provide complete weapons systems. I would well, love a I would love a t-shirt from Minos that said uh, peace through superior firepower. <laughs> but without the stupid robot on well, it. Well, I mean, this week we're raising money uh, for the... <laughs> we got no donations, by the way. The Minos. Because we're not serious about it. Um, <laughs> Just giving you a heads up. Really, we are raising money this week for... Uh, we're going to buy We're gonna buy one of these defense systems. <laughs> what is it called again? Yeah. Uh, uh, Echo get? Papa 657? Oh, yeah. 607. Whatever. Oh, I really was very close. Uh, yeah. I think I remember. I think that's that's the uh, that's the Ithaca, um, New York um, area code. Oh, maybe mistaken. that's what they were doing. Maybe they're from there. Could maybe be. one of the four people involved with the script is from there. Could be. Uh, yeah, so we're gonna buy one of those. Oh, uh, let's hear Tasha yours ridiculousness, shall we? Uh huh. I recommend a minimum compliment. Oh, I would have thought otherwise. We'll keep the first landing party small and mobile until I'm confident whatever killed the inhabitants of this planet isn't still down there. Okay. Oh, you know, that's not even what I wanted to play. That's just some sound. That's just some sound security right there. Oh, is it? Yeah, well, sure. let it play it out from there to the end of the teaser. Well, it just, they beat down. I guess the reason I wanted you to play that music cue is because that's the end of the teaser. And so it's a common complaint I have. Uh, but I feel like there's no there's no teaser blow here. A blow being in comedy, a big end of a no, scene. No, yeah, there's nothing. And, uh, and it's in, a very strange, consistent thing that they have these teasers where it's just like, very good. We'll go down to the planet. Wait, what's the plan? The plan is this. Oh, all right. And they do this weird tracking shot in on Picard. It's like, what? Just have in something happen. In every war, natural disaster, even the most virulent plague, there are always survivors. <laughs> that was the. That's what I originally wanted to play. Uh-huh. It's just a silly thing to say. It's true. It sounded informational. Uh, very much so. But it's not really that useful. There's a lot of things said in this episode with great import that have no value right this episode really splits everybody up this is the this is the most spread we've seen uh, our crew i guess that's what uh, maurice hurley wanted yeah uh we got a uh, landing party of three with at one point Riker and stasis then mm-hmm. we have picard and crusher falling into a hole right uh i don't know jordy on the bridge yeah i don't know that i would have what do you think of Picard's decision to beam down to the planet? It does seem, obviously, if it was Kirk, he just would have been there in the first yeah, place. But it, it seems out of character. It seems like it is just for story reasons. I mean, I guess you could say, you know, my away team's in trouble. I've got to get down there. Mm-hmm. But it does seem strange. Yeah. I thought it was odd. That's just where I'm coming from on it. I agree with you. It seemed out of character as a way to get them down. I did there. like when uh, when uh, Deanna is like, I, I strenuously object to this. Yeah. And uh, Picard's just like, noted, and then keeps walking into the, to the turbo lift. Uh, <laughs> that was pretty cool. So on the planet's surface, uh, Will Riker meets a familiar face. I can't see anything through here. The underbrush is too thick.
Hello? Commander Riker. Rice! Where did you come from? I was over there. We were worried about you. I should have known you'd pop up. How are you, Commander Riker? Me? Forget about me. What about you? No word, no message, nothing. How many are with you? There are two others. Where's the Drake? Where's your crew? Number one, a word. We have some information you should be aware of. Ensign Sue? Sensors indicate low-level energy readings. But the only life signs are the away team. You copy, number one. Understood. I got a lot of questions here. You look strange, Paul. I was injured getting here. Do you need medical help? No. What's your purpose here? Commander Data, Lieutenant Yar. Sir, other than ourselves, I'm picking up no life signs here. I know. Riker, you didn't answer me. Who sent you here to look? If I was writing the script, I would have said, other than you and Lieutenant Yar, I'm picking up no life forms here. Mm-hmm. Because Data's an android. Does he have not? Does he not have a life sign? I, I decided he does not. Uh, that's Your a very mother. interesting question. I would love to know. She's worried about you. Tell me about your ship, Riker. It's the Enterprise, isn't it? No, the name of my ship is the Lollipop. I have no knowledge of that ship. It's just been commissioned. It's a good ship. <laughs> Refresh me, would you, Riker? What's its size? It's complement. Who is here with you? I could have watched Riker's lies about the, the ship go on for like ten minutes. Paul, I will only answer your questions if you answer mine. Why do you want to know so much about my ship? friends, aren't we? Old friends. Our top speed is warp three. What's yours? Is? Then the Drake has not been destroyed. The Drake? Yes, your ship. Of course, my ship is the Drake. Where is it? <laughs> this computer is a terrible liar. Classified. Please, it's important. Our survival depends on... Oh, so this is a fun loose What's end the they never tie up. That the computer is sentient? No. Ten. I don't understand. Ten what? That the Drake is... Oh, that's true. Potentially still around? That's true. I, I guess the implication is that the Drake was destroyed by the by the system. Right, but not But they really. never really say it, and everybody's happy as a clam at the end. Yeah. <laughs> well, one less crew to worry about. We're still the best crew. Let us celebrate. So long, USS Lollipop. <laughs> um, here, here are various questions. One is, with the comm badges, there's such a strange dealing with audio and communications on the ship. Because earlier in the episode, Picard, and it happened before, Picard is basically shouting when he's on the bridge. It's like, Riker, is there a thing that's just like, you probably, in the, in the 24th century, you can just speak in a normal voice and the audio will pick it up. So that's that's one. But then now he talks to him and says, I have some information, Riker, so maybe you should turn around. And Riker turns around, still uh-huh. five feet, the guy's uh-huh. five feet behind him, and is like, does the, does the com badge sense when you're being secretive? <laughs> you know, there's, maybe there's, maybe there's a potential that the comm badges are hooked up to something else. Uh-huh. Maybe you have like an inner earpiece that we never see. Uh-huh. 
and you're always it's always private communication do you know what I mean I, d- I think that that must be wrong because even in this episode Picard speaks into the thing himself and waits for uh, on Beverly's comm badge when his doesn't work uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and he doesn't he's waiting for a response but just like to why they don't know that you're getting the sound effect for this isn't working <laughs> yeah <laughs> it just seems like even blocking wise just like having Riker you know just you know I'm sure that they had to keep the shots the same because when you move to a different angle and when you're shooting then that's extra time but it just looks weird and it always bothers me um the, the turning around bothers you the 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 weirdness of when can the other person hear you either on the screen in the enterprise i think the other person or in near to you on the com badge and when they can't seems kind of like maybe there's a maybe there's an audio level that like once you yell at a certain (laughs) level it kicks in like when i say alexa or something like that you know what i mean could be could be i mean it's always listening but it's not broadcasting until you say which weirds me out, by the way. That's okay. I'm sure some at some point in the future, we will discover some horrible thing. Eh, I'm not worried about it. I know you're not. I got no secrets. That's but I, I want to be so on the many, record now. That's why I do so many what podcasts. Everybody always says to me, well, nobody did, and they can't hack you, and who's going to pay attention to you? Don't worry about it. And I feel like at some point in the future, Big Brother 100% will take over, and then no one will go. Andy, you were right, because by then, we'll be dealing with a major world crisis. But I just wanted on the record that oh. I predicted a a George Orwell like problem with everything we are going yes. to. Doctor Crusher, wait, the captain. Wait more. <laughs> oh, I felt like you were done. <laughs> he turned on the <laughs> he turned on the clip during my rant. This was a whole new segment I was building. What is it? Andy's rant. What is your rant about? The com badges. Well, no, not, I was branching into I was branching into the issues with with internet privacy, but yeah. even I was bored. So just move on. For Hit the record, the you're not going to get Andy. He, he, his Alexa still in his box. He's uh, he's, <laughs> he's got right, he's right got, in front of him. He's got tape on his camera. Uh, no true. one's no one's getting a hold of Andrew Secunda. <laughs> no That's why he, really even his friends true. don't know when his birthday is. It's not true. I'm I'm very accessible and probably will be hacked many times. But hack Matt. He's the one who's the i've been hacked i'm good thank you there you go i'd rather not (laughs) he's the one with the attitude about it (laughs) i don't have an attitude i just don't uh, you feel like there's no danger in it oh i feel like i'm just a willing acceptor of all that's coming how else are we supposed to get star trek if we don't allow new technologies into our lives I thought your general that may be true but i thought your general stance was you know sometimes uh, at home i go alexa yeah Turn the air conditioner down three degrees, and then Alexa does it. How do, you, do you, oh? Do you have to do something new? Ah, this is a again. I'm better at life than you. How do you hook that up? Is that something I got to wire into the wall? Wire? Set, no. If your set thermostat the out of touch with technology, if your thermostat is uh, has wireless access, then oh, you can tell Alexa does. to talk to it. Oh, that'd be the best. It is. It's great. You can do it from bed. Alexa, turn off the AC. Yeah, I guess I would trade my privacy for that. Uh huh. <laughs> um, I mean, I do treat it like I'm in the future. Like in the morning when I'm getting dressed, you know, usually my my closet is in my office, uh-huh. so I get dressed in there, and I'm, I usually go, Alexa, what's the weather? Before I figure out what I'm wearing, 
And then I asked. So you got a, like a Bond like yeah, man's, man's dressing room. And I go, Alexa, how's traffic? It knows where I work. Uh-huh. And it tells me how long it's going to take to get to work. Sure. I ask it um, to play the news. Uh-huh. It does like a three minute news clip from NPR. Uh-huh. And then uh, I'm ready for my day. It just seems like. Uh, there's uh, there's no way that uh, any industrious hacker out there could take advantage of any of these things uh, in, in any individual's life at any time. Well, then I just unplug it. Yeah, after he's destroyed your life, you got to see the net again with Sandra Bullock. If that was the one she was in, there were like nine. She of them. was in the net. Yeah, that's true. Um, all that does sound delightful. I do have to agree. A lot of fun with technology. And here's my follow up question: Do they? Can you program Alexa with Major Barrett's voice? No, not yet. Okay. I heard she did go in and record, like a bunch. You told yeah, me a like bunch phonetic of phonetic, right? Stuff that seems which reasonable. I assume they have done with James Earl Jones, but I am not sure. Oh, but you you would lo- you would have to lose something, right? Yeah, I assume for until it's smoothed out. But um, I think they have to be ready for all contingencies. And uh, the other thing with this scene to return to the episode, um, Ensign Sue is completely obtrusive and it's my opinion well, she, I, I guess I it, it ties in a little really later to introduce her you know so it's like it does seem does very she show up odd. later i don't remember her ever appearing again i think in the end then it's like they build that weird out of nowhere plot with jordy where he suddenly has to comfort them and so they're building that she's a rookie but it makes no sense to me that at the flag the flagship of the fleet that it's like you got Jordy, you got Data. After that, you're right into the rookies. <laughs> well, also, it. it's like weird not to use Wesley in this episode. A hundred percent. Because then he could be like more conflicted. His conf- his conflict conflict rather could be with his you're mother so on the planet. Right. His mother's on the planet, and he has to leave orbit. I mean, that which could would be the conflict. oh, that's so much better. Plus, you would justify why his head's not in the game. Yeah. And why Jordy has more a, of a... Yeah, and it's a lesson for Wesley about Starfleet. And it's between two major characters. Yeah. Uh, we should have been on this show. <laughs> um, have you seen the trailer for Discovery? I did, yeah. We got to get into that. People were, we should talk about were asking that, for us to separate, chat. Should we talk about it at a separate time? Yeah, maybe at the... I guess it should have been we're at the beginning. We're going to forget, totally. Uh, we'll have to do it, it next down. week. We'll have to do it next week. We'll talk about it next week. I'd also like to talk about the Orville trailer. Okay. Which I thoroughly enjoyed. I am sour because I've pitched many things like it. Of course, it, we all have, but I, I'm glad it, it also, finally got made. It does look good. Yes. I'm just jealous that I'm I am jealous working too. there. Yeah, and, and kudos to Seth MacFarlane. Totally, totally. Um, all right, so we'll talk about Star Trek Discovery trailer next week. In the meantime... I wanted to play that moment that Andy really wanted to hear. LaForge, you have come out of the bridge. Aye, sir. And whatever happens down there, your prime responsibility is to the ship. Understood, sir. Captain, I take great exception to your decision to beam down. Noted. <laughs> Noted. Tippity drums now. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> That's what I would do if I was a captain. <laughs> Oh, is that what you think? Dramatic sting. <laughs> Alexa, Alexa, dramatic sting. That's <laughs> not hooked up. I actually looked at the <laughs> closed box. At the box. <laughs> you can do OK Google, but it's all the way in the other room. Yeah, I'm good. I left mine at work. Which one's know. better? Who knows where it is? I don't know. I don't know. I use Alexa just because it was first. Yeah. It was first to listen in on my life. 
I sure. have three of them. I have one in the bedroom, one in the, <laughs> in the kitchen, bed. one That's in it. the bed. Sleep between That's you and Dory. Very close to the bed. Uh, <laughs> Good night, Alexa. One in the kitchen, one in the uh, and one in the office. Okay, but the bed one I don't keep plugged in. Right. I'm not that. I don't want to. You know, I feel like that's a little too close. This is very. I don't understand this. Why is that one too close? Because that's my bedroom. You, but by your reasoning, you've accepted that the invasiveness of the whole deal. Well, also, I use the USB cable to charge my headphones at night. So You're just saying it's an outlet so issue. So it gets unplugged. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that does not sound very um, effective. Ergonomic. Yikes. What's going on? Heavy fire. Oh, Picard. Oh. Picard fired a phaser. I love it. These friggin' robots are like right out of Lost in Space. This is so crappy. Oh, you don't like them? No. So they just fell down a hole. Um, which is the... Uh, best way to separate any group of people is to put a giant hole in a ground usually in a forest area sure it's great i feel like they didn't really they didn't really establish why their communication i mean i we we extrapolate that it's the that it's the machine yes why their communications are down their tricorders sort of work but then they can't scan for beverly and picard it's it's all a little bit vague Oh, that's interesting. I didn't even think about that. Like, uh, um, Data is able to sort of figure out what's going on with with uh, Riker. And by the way, I mean it's it's sort of skipping ahead. There's so much repetitive dialogue in this episode. Where, I agree. Where it's uh, where Riker is, where they tell they have this whole scene where right. where Ensign Sue tells the tells Riker what's going on. That it's like there's only these life signs. Then data comes over a second later and says, "You're the only. We're the only life signs, or you're the only life signs." Yeah. So that's repetitive. And then, um, uh, and then there's something else, and I don't remember what it was. But it is a lot of. Uh, oh, I remember they they uh, they come over and, um, and it's out of my head again. I'm insane. Is it after yes. Rikers and Stasis? It's when they came they back from back the in? act break. Yes, that was it. Yeah. And that's another thing. It's a fake act break because he goes, is he alive? Unknown. Da-na-na-na. And then he come back goes, and then he says, oh, he's figured it out. Yeah, he's alive. I was wrong about that. <laughs> and uh, and I've discovered what's going on in this planet. And Data just goes off on a bunch of stuff that's like basically like, I don't know, there's a thing and the, and the machine probably killed everybody. It's not facts. It's just a theory that's easily figured out. And these theories. <laughs> Sorry. <not> my theory. <laughs> no, I mean, you said a theory. You <laughs> said somebody else's theory. It's oh. not Andy's theory. That's uh, Andy's theory TM. They can't use it. <laughs> you trademarked it? Unbelievable. <laughs> I really should. Probably someone has a trademark to Andy's. The name Andy's in theory. I'm reading life forms on the planet. All five members of the away team. Good. They must have freed Commander Riker. Transporter room. Get a lock on the away team and beam them up. Seals just came on. Deflector's also up. I'm picking up an object off the port bow. It's firing. Why did that happen? He's saying it came on automatically? Yeah. This is new. This is a new capability of the Enterprise that never again happens. 
Uh, I guess it would be logical. Yeah, it would make sense for it to happen, it happen but story-wise, it's the only time this ever happens in Star Trek. Let me ask you this. Does yeah. it maybe happen automatically when Data is not on the ship because Data is the only one who can do it fast enough? <laughs> That'd be a weird thing to set into motion. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, it's weird. Every time Data leaves, let's uh, set this so it goes automatic. Well, what about when Data's here? What if he's like downstairs doing something else? <laughs> I said stairs. I'm like there's stairs. In the fucking- <laughs> well, there are stairs from the observation lounge. Are there? Yeah. Um, I guess there should be. Uh, Is it not a Jeffrey's tube? No, there's like stairs built into the, to the, you know how the bridge goes up? Uh-huh. And the observation lounge is up back there. It's back where like we never see, we've never seen them. It's like back in the, in the toilet area. Oh, cool. Um, anyway. No, not the toilet area. I can't wait to see the uh, VR thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to walk up to the observation deck funny you say that the stairs are in that oh you looked yeah oh nice red alert battle stations we can't be in the away team up with our shields in place no shit faces ready photon torpedo yeah. standing by oh, i swore i on target oh i don't know oh, don't worry about it target has disappeared give me a full scan scanning no readings yet would you take a half a scan <laughs> something dead astern Emergency power to shields. Optic is firing. Return fire! No use. It's gone again. Half shields weakened. Whatever That's not like Worf. Worf will fire anyway. This is Chief Engineer Logan. Are we breaking orbit? I need to know. Now. What a fucking presumptuous thing for the Chief Engineer to do. Like, just fucking do your job. I'm swearing again. I'm so sorry. No, I agree. It's... Uh, it's it seems so non Starfleet the it's way such this a weird this is such a weird conversation to be having f- over the comm system in the middle of a battle and then him coming to the bridge and I mean, like we're gonna do whatever whatever I want to do because I'm in command here let's hear it oh wait that's the act break ship's log supplemental <laughs> Lieutenant LaForge in command I am unable to beam up the away team due to an unseen assailant attacking the ship. To make matters worse, Chief Engineer Logan is on his way to the bridge, and he's not paying a courtesy call. Why are we still in orbit? We're taking a beating. We've got to hold out as long as we can. Now, if we could disable our attacker, if only for a few seconds, we can drop our shields and beat the awaiting back aboard. If we follow that plan, we'll lose the Enterprise. In view of the present crisis, I believe you should relinquish command to me. No. I outrank you. No. No. I'm in command. The captain did not anticipate the Enterprise would come under attack. If he had, would he have left the bridge to you? If he had, he wouldn't have left the ship. Picking up an object to starboard, sir. Heading toward us. Lock phasers on that thing and fire the moment it's in range. Locking it. The object has vanished. Oh, man. Phaser lock lost. Starboard shield's weakened. It's cloaked itself. You can't fight this thing and win. This would be what it would. This is what it's like with if like Eric Trump was on the fucking. <laughs> I actually, as annoying as this character uh, was, uh, Chief Engineer Logan, who we've never heard of before, <laughs> nor will we ever see again. <laughs> um, I, I think it kind of is an awesome change of pace. 
uh, for a Star Trek show to have a chief engineer be a dick and not be like this ultimate Scotty, like, you know, yeah. I'll get it done. Just and be like, we're never going to do that. Captain, I really think that's a bad idea. Just <laughs> be a pain in the ass the whole time. It doesn't work on my Star Trek. <laughs> I guess not. But this, all of this behavior is completely crazy. <laughs> like, it's an insane thing to... I mark it off to Maurice Hurley being like, I'm shaking it up. I'm changing everything. It's going to be action in every second. So let's talk a little bit about the relationship between Picard and Crusher. Okay. Uh, We're getting a little bit of story development here with that that relationship that is always... uh, Are you a Pick Crusher? Huh? Are you a Pick Crusher, Matt? Uh, Yeah, I ship them all the time. Uh, so does Q. No time to sleep. I'm tired. Come on, stay with me. Come on now, stay awake. That's an order. I must have lost a lot of blood. I've stopped the bleeding. No, there's another wound. My leg. Oh, not to worry. Everything's gonna be fine. Now, did Picard avoid injury by landing on yeah. Crusher? Did he literally crush her? <laughs> I've heard that before. Did Picard crush Crusher? Hey, hey, doctor. Stay awake. Come on. There's a lot of blood. What do I do next? Doctor. Uh, the wound needs a clotting agent. Couldn't find your medical kit. Those roots, what are they? Roots. What these? Roots. Jordy. Break off a piece and paste it. Don't swallow <laughs> it. Very bitter. Apply some to your hand. Is there a color change? It's turning yellowish. Good. Now, spread as much of it as you can onto the wound. Hey, hey, doctor. Now stay awake. You've got to help me. I need your help. What do you think of this story? I don't know what it has to do with anything. It doesn't have anything to do with anything. It's just part of the breaking up of the crew, I think. I guess... I like it. You do? I do. I like this... I like this uh, storyline. I like Picard having to doctor the doctor. Uh-huh. I like uh, that old classic moment of television drama where someone will fall asleep Smack somebody. and uh i can't fall asleep just don't let me that's that's if i fall asleep i'll die yeah i don't know I, I i think my overall problem with this episode uh in addition to the specifics of the episode that bugged me are uh and i think it's probably the hand of maurice hurley and many of the things i think he's changing are effective i think that the performances have have sort of improved if we are to believe this is when he took control i feel like things move faster um which i think is good and i think that probably has a hand he had in editing and in in plot movement um but 
there already was a problem in the show with that the B plots never have anything to do with the A plots thematically or otherwise, and they t- they're tied together in a very haphazard fashion. And I feel like in this episode, it's the same thing. You got this thing with Beverly and... I think it's all tied together, though. It's, I think it's the least haphazard of all the ABCs. Can we explain? The, I mean, they're tied in plot-wise. Yeah. They're all from this thing. Yeah. Oh, yes, that's true. I guess thematically is what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh-huh. Is like you go on this side... like It's their decision to have this thing go on the but side plot of like, Jordy. It's and not what like is, the fucking... It's not like the lizards... Remember the lizards and the wolf people? That, That's true. That, it's, it's, it's not, not that detached. Story it's, where it's tied like, into what the, is that? I agree with that. I think it's okay. So it's that improved. Yeah. Agreed. I guess. I guess then I'm judging it on a higher standard of that. Since they all are all are part of the plot, give me a little bit more dramatic cohesiveness of what thematically each each thing mm-hmm. the intention is. Like the Jordy thing of him taking control. Like, even if you would put something earlier in the episode of him going down to the engine room and having a confrontation with Logan where he was trying to go over his head, oh, and you see that good. Jordy has problems with taking command before he is left in command, Yeah, I think I would have bought it a little bit more. But what if, uh, what if this uh, Logan guy just hated blind people? I would have liked that. I would like that plot. My father was killed by a blind person. (laughs) That would have been interesting for me. There. Sorry, sir. I should have seen that. That's all right. You're doing fine. Program laid in. Phasers and photon torpedoes ready. Okay. Mr. Solis. Bring her about to 23 mark 185. Aye, sir. Now, 2-3 is going to be this. Mark 185 is going to be this. Oh, yeah? <laughs> so, essentially, what he's doing is really just showing the belly of the Enterprise. That went from, gonna fire from 3 him. o'clock to 2 o'clock with his hand. <laughs> um, I'm just, you know, I just like to... I like when they do headings and then they cut to external shots and they don't match at all. <laughs> um... All right, so Worf and Jordy have to figure this shit out. Worf is going to town. We're getting out of here. Lieutenant Solis, set course 315, mark 007. Course set. You are leaving them on the planet. Speed warp 5. That's what you wanted to do earlier, fuckface. It's true. Warp 5. I. Snotty jerk. Engage. Hold course and speed for 28 seconds, then come to a full stop. Mr. Logan, had we stayed, we would have been destroyed. There are over a thousand people on this ship. I have a responsibility to them. What about your responsibilities to Captain Picard and the members of the away team? I have a responsibility to them as well. He's so contrarian. He's just like, whatever I'm doing is wrong if I'm Jordan. It's true. So, I I just don't like characters that are like this for no reason. 
I, which is why your thing would have helped if they had some sort of argument in engineering prior like to it was the, built up yeah. yeah he comes out of nowhere coming in hot the whole time yeah this guy that comes from this never before seen character on the Enterprise I don't know why we couldn't get Argyle I would have loved it if Argyle if he busted up with his beard they booted him off the show because he tried to start a letter writing campaign well, I mean, he was right. He was bit. right, though. I hope we can get him on the show. We're trying to. We've been reaching out with our Twitter. We've just been tweeting at him. It's not really. Yeah, we're not. We haven't really been, been reaching really out. Reaching out. <laughs> Appropriate. It's, it's as it's as little effort as you can do on the internet in in, in reaching out <laughs> to someone. Undersell our efforts to get Biff Yeager on the show, <laughs> Mr. Logan. You are going to take command of the saucer section. Backup crew, report to the main bridge. You're going to separate. Yes, and I want you to take the saucer section and proceed immediately to Starbase 103. You can't fight what you can't see. And you still won't be able to see that thing. Maybe we won't have to. Risky. Yes. Risky. we're going to separate. Worf, Solus, Sue. Report to the battle bridge. I'll join you in a moment. Ensign, secure connector levels. Aye, sir. <laughs> I like that background voice. What do you think of him heading into Aye, sir. the ready room? I love this. I love that they're in a crisis situation. And he's like, I'm probably not going to be able to get into the ready room later. I should go in and touch everything. <laughs> mine, 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 uh, mine. A, can you imagine if this globe was mine? What if I could look out this window anytime I wanted Come to? In. Lieutenant, I need to speak to you. You don't really need to. Counselor, we're a few minutes away from separating the battle section. I don't- Lieutenant Commander. Deanna Troy, who outranks everyone who we've seen so far. Is that true? Yes. I thought she was like a consultant. She's lieutenant commander. I have a lot of time. I know. So what? As counselor, I have a duty to evaluate the emotion. Listen, every day's casual Friday for her. She doesn't bother wearing a uniform. But what's the deal? I thought she was just a counselor. So does that not fit into, like, why isn't she take control when Data and everybody is off? Andy, this is an inter- interesting question that I, I feel like there might be an episode about in about three years. Oh, that sounds <laughs> like such a wonderful time. The fitness of the crew. And you sense I'm nervous. <laughs> well, you're right. Counselor, deep down, I'm shaking. I'm about to take the ship into battle, and there's a good chance she'll be blasted out of the sky. I'm taking a huge risk here. And there are a lot of lives at stake, so yeah. I'm nervous. Did you expect otherwise? Not at all. You're under tremendous pressure. More than you've ever experienced. You think I'm about to crack? On the contrary. You should be proud of the way you're handling command. You've kept a cool head, taken charge, and made some very difficult decisions. Then what did you want to see me about? Lieutenant LaForge, battle bridge is manned and ready. However, deflectors have not yet returned to full efficiency. Let's get them there, Mr. Solis. Aye, sir. I'll join you shortly. LaForge out. Did you hear the uneasiness in his voice? No, it was not great Solis voice acting. They <laughs> <laughs> could have spent a little more time in ADR. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, what else you got, Andy? Let's see. Um, I mean, a lot of them are just sort of comments along the way, but... Uh, there was a terrible D 
data stuntman. <laughs> yeah, I paused it, tried to get a picture, and then I was like, oh, I can't screenshot Netflix. Um, uh, it's hilariously not him. Um, there's uh, just a little Andy's Theory uh, shot with uh, 2358. <laughs> Where he says, I couldn't find your medical kit. And I wondered, did Beverly even bring her medical kit? <laughs> um, it's hilarious. It's just like, we, oh, how does the doctor, you know, cure herself? It's like the doctor can't cure anybody. So you're saying that it would it'd be like if she, if the medical kit case she had was just full of like uh, trinkets. <laughs> trinkets. <laughs> trinkets she's been stealing. <laughs> Ooh, this is so shiny. <laughs> By the way, I was, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm thinking about backing off my Beverly has learning disabilities element of the theory, uh-huh. holding on to the general theory, and just wondering if perhaps Beverly is just not a doctor, and Wesley has set it up and and hacked and faked it her way through the through the whole you know Starfleet system, so she's just a regular person who's way in over her head. Was. This is a question not for you. Side issue. Uh, Gates McFadden, a really great performance in this episode. I love. I I, I really enjoy uh, Doctor Crusher. I think she does some. She does some excellent work. I'm sad that she leaves us for a season. I, it's not a spoiler because I know. Yeah, um, but she's back. Season three. Okay. When the show really gets going, Andy. Oh Jesus Christ! I know it's a long time. <laughs> Real long time. Um, another thing uh, was. Uh, he says, I'm going to look for a way out. And uh, 24, these are all sort of visual things. And they have planted a pretty clear blast of daylight in the tunnel right behind them. And I wonder where that light is supposed to be coming from. Above. <laughs> it's Oh, that's from above. Yeah. Uh, okay. The hole they fell all in. All right. You explain my issue. Hey, I'm very happy enough. to explain issues to you. Um, and I think I said all of that. Oh, here's it- a... It's- Here's a, I don't know if you can want to, you're going to go to the end when with the resolution when he buys the, the oh, system. Oh, not yet. I'm going to okay. go to the discovery of the system. Very good. Centerpiece of the whole unit. Who's that? Projection. It's the automated salesman who greeted us on the Enterprise. What unit? Why, the Echo Papa 607. Our proudest achievement. The ultimate in weapon system technology. Is that what's behind the attack on my people? Impressive demonstration, isn't it? Demonstration? It tried to kill us. Versatile, powerful, and easy to use. The 607 does it all. Its various modules can gather information, neutralize ground personnel, even destroy enemy space vessels. The Enterprise. It's one of those things after my ship. Tell me. Of course I can tell you. I am programmed to answer any and all questions about the unit. I can talk terms, arrange for delivery, whatever you need. It doesn't understand anything other than what it's peddling. The 607 represents the state of the art in dynamic, adaptive design. It learns from each encounter and improves itself. So what went wrong? Where are its creators? Where are the people of Minos? Once unleashed, the unit is invincible. The perfect killing system. So? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, kind of exactly. We all knew what was happening from the start of the show. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, I mean, there's really not a lot to add to that. Uh, I think, you know what I feel like I would have liked to see them go after more is I almost feel like there's a little bit of a Paul Verhoeven in in, uh, in um, RoboCop element of like the ad at the beginning that they see with yeah, Vincent yeah, Giovelli yeah. and the the just the raw. You wish it had graphics. I kind of I kind of do. Like if, if they weren't going to go that far, that like that would have dated it too much. Just I would have liked if they'd gone after the raw capitalism of it a little bit more. That it's really uh-huh. like cap because that's this the theme. So like the raw capitalism destroying the ship and that each move that it makes is based on another right. way to get them to buy something else. And uh, Oh yeah, if you'd like to defend yourself from the Echo Papa six oh seven, may I recommend these? It's kind of set up that way. Yeah. And I also wonder there's two things I wonder. One is I would have liked to see him and go, you're going to buy it. And then, and he goes, yes, I'm going to buy it. And that's what shuts it down. I would have been like, great, give me your, give me your credit card or whatever, whatever they use in the future. He's like, well, the thing is about Starfleet that we're not allowed to, all right, I'm going to keep killing your crewmen. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> Just like have to get into a negotiation. I would have loved that. And then the other thing I was going to say is how come the ship in space is still attacking the Enterprise as soon as that they buy I, the thing. That I didn't, I wasn't quite aware of. I also am assuming that's not the only unit on the planet. Oh, interesting question. So maybe the, the one in space, because it's not like one of those little tiny guys, is it? Unless it's just crazy force perspective and they're trying to let us believe that one of those little tiny guys is locking onto the Enterprise and killing it. You mean the ones that were flying around? Yeah. Oh, well, the, the, they already killed a bunch of those, so I think that those are just and out and out whatever yeah. satellites of the of the main thing <laughs> i think that it uh, well it probably replicates self-replicates right i mean it must i assume so there's not it's not like activating a bunch of units that are lying around it's self-replicating it's probably building more of them at like a 12 lot, minutes a pop a lot terminator captain data's going to join you down there be my guest we <laughs> data first of, service, first of many data jumps we see in Star Trek that was cool I like that I like the look that he gives Picard when he tricorder reads Beverly where he goes oh she's gonna die <laughs> <laughs> that is I wondered what is part of his programming in that moment a human would suggest to someone else with a look this person ain't doing so hot yeah. so did he learn that or I'm surprised he didn't say her injuries are catastrophic captain I estimate chances of survival 4.73% that would have been more fun. It would have been more fun. Tired of making this show more fun. I want it to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, someday. What would you say? How many episodes in and of themselves? Until we get there? Uh-huh. Well, let me tell you. There's a couple of good episodes coming up uh, in this season. Yeah. Uh, you know, Conspiracy is a favorite of mine. The Neutral Zone I enjoy. That's the last two episodes of the season. Uh, and then I think let me see if I'm gonna I'm gonna take a look at episode two, I mean season two. Okay. Uh, 
season two has the measure of a man which is one of the best episodes uh time squared which i enjoy a lot uh oh it gets real real rough season two is kind of rough too yeah but uh you know at least everybody's where they should be minus beverly crusher anyway back to i'm looking forward to it back to the uss lollipop and their adventures if data's right it usually is we're going to have company any minute now and this time i don't know how we're going to stop it have you thought of four phasers (laughs) ship's log supplemental lieutenant laforge in command of the star drive section after separating from the saucer we have returned to minos to rescue the away team unfortunately i have only one option left Launch a shuttlecraft. Oh, I mean, uh. Shields and deflectors are up. Ensign Sue, when I order the shields down, you have one responsibility locate the away team and get them up here. You may only have a few seconds. Approaching the planet, sir. They're probably near where they were. Things are going to happen fast. Just keep alert, stay calm. Let's focus on what we're doing. You know your jobs, you've been trained, you've been tested. You've earned the right to sit in those chairs. Also, you're the highest ranking people I know. Apparently. That is crazy. That sound again. Another weapon has been launched, sir. I've got to find some way to stop this system. I would need to see the program schematic. You've got it. Is it possible to readjust the targeting sequence? Absolutely. It wouldn't be much good without it. Data, assign it a neutral target. Target must be specific, sir. Itself, then. Itself or its own power source. The force of that explosion would destroy this cavern and everyone on the surface. Watch now. This is the fourth and final projectile. The Echo Papa Series 607 is about to complete this phase of its mission. We could split up. What good would that do? Confuse it, delay it, something. It would still get us. It would just take a little longer. It might give one of us time to get out of range. Out of range? Right, could be a real drag. Wiped out an entire planet. I don't think it has a range. Then what does that leave us? Right, that's what I thought. On the other hand, we could look for deeper cover. Here are these convenient rocks. What about behind us? Don't worry about it. (laughs) You got any ideas? It's the other thing. It's like a a killing machine that destroyed a whole planet, but it it repeatedly misses them. Yeah, a planet, uh, a pretty well-armed planet, I would assume. That's a really good point. Although theoretically, I guess the 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 uh, inhabitants might have been like, "We just sell these weapons. We don't need them." Yeah. Although they, you would have thought that they would have been able to defend themselves from people, so they probably would have had weapons. Also, you would have thought that this this fucking Echo Papa, right, mm-hmm. having been through killing everyone on that planet, yeah would be the most advanced killing machine in in uh, on uh, the likes of which they've never seen like right. when, it, when it first arrives to kill the away team it's very easy to defeat it shouldn't be that easy to defeat at that point right because it's now the umpteenth generation the one that has killed the entire minos planet anyway that's just a thought give me some options data quickly why don't you just shut it off? 
possible. Why not? It's a machine, isn't it? Shut it off. She's hilarious. You haven't seen half of what this beauty can do. We've seen enough. Does that mean you're going to buy it? Yes, yes. We've seen enough. You made a sale. You won't be sorry. Good. Now end the demonstration. Done. Just give me a credit card. We. Number one. Right here. That was close. LaForge, everything's all right. We've neutralized it. It's great to hear your voice, Captain. We're a little busy right now. I'll get right back to you. Phasers at full readiness. Keep those shields at full power. <laughs> I like how <laughs> Worf has to walk back and forth to operate two stations because they wouldn't pay for extras to be here. <laughs> heading 25, mark 300. Sir, that heading will take us further into the planet's atmosphere. That's correct. We're going to lose some maneuverability, so keep a firm hand on the helm. Aye, sir. You hope our attacker will follow us into the atmosphere. I'm counting on it. Leanne, scan for any air disruption or vortex. Cloak or no cloak will spot it by its turbulence. Worf, how fast can you get a phaser lock? Fast. All temperature 1,000 degrees. Fast this week. (laughs) Not so fast other weeks. Depends on what the story needs. (laughs) All temperature 2,500 degrees. Deflectors nearing overload. That's pretty hot. Sir, helm going unresponsive. Can you compensate? Yes, sir, I can. Well, then why not just compensate? Maintain heading. We're about to lose number four deflector. 3,300 degrees. Deflector four is now inoperative. Turbulence to starboard. Oh. There he is. Scanner's locked. Weapons locked. Fire! Pew. <laughs> Warp has never been so excited in his entire life. Uh, I really like the way that the uh, that uh, Picard comes on the bridge. He walks, but uh, that's what he says. Relinquishing command, Captain. As you were, Lieutenant. Sir? Mr. LaForge, when I left the ship, it was in one piece. I would appreciate your returning it to me in the same condition. Concur number one. Absolutely, sir. Lieutenant Solis. A lot of course to rendezvous with the saucer section. Sick bay reports Dr. Crusher's going to be fine. Well, thank God. Course plotted and laid in. What about the Drake? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dead Starfleet. <laughs> Warp <crew>. 6. <laughs> what a team. Would have been hilarious if they did an ending. It's the reverse. And they were like, <laughs> we really did it. What about the Drake? Oh. <laughs> and then you just ended on that. <laughs> Instead of the happy oh. laugh. Okay, so. Yeah. What do you think? Are we talking, uh, what are we rating this baby? I think, do we go MVC first? I think we do do MVC first. We do first. do MVC first. This is an interesting episode. Everyone here, everyone... Let's just let's just start eliminating people first of all. Hold on just one second. Oh, sorry, we gotta play a thing. Well it's the MVC, yeah, the MVC. Only Matt and Andy know who it's gonna be. Will it be 
Dana, Riker, Troy, or Dr. Crusher. Gotta fill the time with something, at least until season three. All right. Okay. So what I was suggesting is maybe we do process of elimination in okay. this episode. So right. we're going to, I think we can safely eliminate of the main crew, mm-hmm. Deanna Troy. Fair enough. Uh, Tasha Yar. Yeah, she's not helpful. Riker. Um, yeah, fair enough. Uh, Worf, even though he's very good at locking phasers. Yeah, he misses. I'm eliminating he does him. Stuff. He's just sort of doing his job. Uh, Logan, Chief Engineer Logan, I'm eliminating. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Ensign Sue. Uh, Ensign Sue's out. <laughs> Solus is out. Is he an Ensign? Ensign Solus. Uh, okay, so what we're really, I think, we're looking at the protagonist. Definitely got to be We're looking in the at the protagonists of each story. So we're looking at Jordy, who's right. up on the ship saving the ship. We're looking at on the surface. We're looking at. I mean, is it Picard or is I mean, it Crusher who it, actually comes up with the idea to that's, shut it that's, off? That's where you get into a, a difficult area because she's the one that kind of ends the whole crisis. She does end the, she ends the crisis below, but the crisis continues above. That is true. Um, you know, here's the, here's the thing. Uh-huh. Well, see, now I'm going back on it. I was going to say it should be Jordy because really, in the end, uh, the thing that we should be looking at is who saves the Enterprise. Yeah. In in failing who saves specific people, you got to say yeah. who saves the whole ship. Yeah. So that would be Jordy, except that, oh, yeah, but the but the solution down below doesn't save the ship. Right, because so it's I'm going so to Jordy. I, your reasoning is strong here. Yeah. Andrew? I'm also going to go with Jordy. Very good. This week's MVC. Really, we really worked it out like a math problem. We really week. did. I, mean, I think the problem was that there, everyone was split off into so many different stories. That's true. That we had to really break it down for you, the listening audience. And we've uh, done it, guys. Well, now it's time for... The Andes. Or some other method of ranking. We're working on it. Other than your computer shutting down, you've really been on it today. I'm very proud of you. Thank you. I think I'm slowly getting the hang of it. And by season four, it's going to be smooth sailing. <laughs> Just like the show. <laughs> um, so, uh, do you want to go first or you want me to go first? Uh, yeah, I'll go first. Uh, okay. The Andes, uh, you know, out of ten Andes. Yeah. I'm going to give this episode three and a half andies yeah uh it's getting it was gonna get three and then i was like but i really like seeing Jordy in command so it got a half an andy bump you know it's kind of the same reason except i give it a three uh-huh. it's like i loved him on the battle bridge i liked him taking control um and uh and i also you know uh for whatever the issues i have thematically it is one cohesive story and maurice hurley kept the action going so uh you know at least is always moving forward even if a lot of the robot stuff is dumb so i give it a three yeah three three and a half not bad an average of 3.25 hey let me throw this out to you okay i'll try to catch um for Brad Arrington's uh, charts that he's working on, I think some other people are too. For our MVCs, mm-hmm. 
uh, it occurred to me, and it might skew the results, or should we just mull on it? So nobody knows which way we've gone until we reveal during the Andy ceremony uh-huh. which way we've gone. Should we... Be in tuxedos. I don't know what the math way of describing this is, but basically, so Wesley isn't in as many episodes... Oh, you know, you're trying to whoever, weight it? Weight it so that you're judged... Per appearance? Yeah, per appearance as but an average. But then things. Like, let's say we gave it to Argyle once. Uh-huh. He would win. But He'd doesn't be the that, MVC for the season. But isn't that fair? Like, if he was, uh, like, say, 90% of the time... No. The most valuable crew member. What I'm saying is you're not... You can't come off the bench and score... Uh-huh. You know, say you get, I get 10 points off the bench in and, and the clutch from this guy. It was great, but I'm not going to give it to him. We still have LeBron James out there playing. All right. I just don't know if it's fair. Like, Wesley is in, is in a lot less episodes. Think, but and, also, Wesley is And Troy much, is in a lot less episodes. Wesley is very much in the running anyway. I know, but it's not. It just doesn't seem reasonable. I guess what I'm saying is they should have taken him off the bench. I never thought I would be saying that about Wesley, but. Uh, he should have been in this episode. He should have been in this episode. By far. It would have made it. More so interesting. Probably, maybe interesting. it would have even brought it to a four and a half, maybe a five. I wonder what his contract is. Remind me to ask uh, if he was uh, how many episodes he was signed up for uh, in the okay. unlikely event that we get uh, our, your friend on the show. Could text him. You'd also do that. Yeah. Um, Matthew. Yes, sir. Uh, the last thing we have to do is take a look at uh, this week's entries to the Admirals Club. Yes, the Admirals Club, where uh, you give us a five-star rating. We, uh, we we invite you into an elite club where you're potentially going to one day get an embroidered robe. Maybe, oh, this will get, no, actually people won't care. <laughs> I was about to Starting say. to understand the podcast audience. I was about to say. <laughs> then we, why don't we have a club? And they can, and they can. It's really just a bar, and they can meet the people that get into the Admirals Club. <laughs> we'll have a, you know, we'll go out and we'll hang with them. One Let's night. just meet at the Admirals Club at Logan Airport. <laughs> All right. Well, look, it's a possibility. American we have- <laughs> Airlines Terminal <laughs> something. That'd be amazing. I wonder if we could do that. Um, anyhow, here's here's what we heard this week uh, from our five star ratings. Good for a laugh. Maybe not at the gym. Uh, from Monkey Boy um, to 2402. He says, great to listen to at the gym until you realize you're laughing out loud and everyone is staring at you awkwardly. P.S. Don't try to explain to those people what you are laughing at. I oh, can't go yeah. to that planet fitness anymore. <laughs> a true gem. Fun that you're on a planet while you're doing this. Like very <laughs> well, it's spacey true. of you. You've been locked out of the, the most sci-fi of gems. Uh, a true gem from N. Robertson, uh, 86. Uh, every time Andy messes up a sound cue, a captain gets his ship. <laughs> uh, listen now and thank me later. From Gooey Shoes, five stars. Guys, I know what you're thinking. There are so many Star Trek Next Generation podcasts. Why would I listen to this one? How about because it's one of the funniest things I've ever listened to? How about because they play clips during the episode uh, and talk about them in great detail? How about because they pull apart and mercilessly pick every little hole... <laughs> Uh, for both serious criticism and hilarious jokes, even though they know they love it. Season three isn't that far away. Uh, and if you listen to it and don't like it, well, then maybe you're a Bardakian pronghorn moose. <laughs> so I will waste no more time on you. Good day. Oh, that was a good review. Who was that? That was uh, uh, Gooey Shoes. Gooey Shoes. Good job, Gooey Shoes. Welcome to the club. 
Um, and the last one is Live It, Love It, Review It from Fred Fred Poodle. Uh, five stars, came for the mat, stayed for the trek, loved the Andy. There you go. Thank that, you, that's guys. That's an excellent review as well. The Admirals Club is strong. Can't wait until we go on our weekend trip to San Francisco with all the winners of the Admirals Club. Wee. <laughs> I'm excited. Andy, what's happening next week? Next week, Matthew... Uh, In addition to our Star Trek Discovery trailer breakdown, we'll oh, do, right. we're going to do a full segment on that. And one on the Orville. And one on the Orville. Is it called the Orville? Is that the I believe the that's the name of the show, yeah. Um, uh, in addition to those things, uh, we're going to be taking a look at episode 23, Skin of Evil. On the next episode of Star Trek The Next Generation. Wait, pause. Something's got me! Have I got the wrong one? Is that the next episode? I believe that is not the next you episode. You know what? You're right. It's not the next episode. We are so not, either Matthew we, Kirk sent us the wrong one or I screwed it up. We I'm willing not, to accept We either. are not saying goodbye to Tasha Yar yet. Uh, oh, my God. Oh, Matt. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Why would you say that? I felt like it. Oh, you're a meanie. I know. I know. Um, all right, so we're looking at 21, is it? What the F? Is that, is that you or is that me? Uh, that was you that made that noise? Oops. 21 uh, TNG trailer. <laughs> oh, you're looking it up now. Well, it's because it's not the right one. Oh. Well. No, this is 21. I'm confused. Symbiosis is the trailer we should be viewing, right, which is, is here. Here it is. Got it. Oh, I had it before you. On the next, ep- the next episode of Star Next Generation. Uh, which one are we doing? <laughs> Yours or mine? Uh, let's go with mine. It's okay. already up. Set course to intersect with the freighter. Split-second rescue pulls survivors from a fiery disaster. Do you think our visitors pose a threat? I don't know. Only to find bitter enemies battling over life-saving drugs. No, their desperate feud becomes a deadly face-off. It will take us to our planet and leave us there with our medicine, or this person dies. On Star Trek, The Next Generation. Well... Uh, interesting. Got to tell you, that looks about as unexciting as they come. Uh, yes. I don't like squabbling amongst aliens. I don't like medical-based episodes either. <laughs> sure, you don't like medical crises. I get it. I don't it. like medical crises. I wouldn't either. I like shoot 'em ups. Shoot 'em up, blow 'em ups. Yeah. Bang 'em outs. Yeah. The huge. Sure. Uh. Well, I mean, that's uh, that's pretty much where we're coming from. Andy, I think it's time you tell people our phone number, because we didn't get any voicemails this week, and we I would like to get some voicemails at some point. did not, pal. Um, it is one. Uh, <laughs> one. Okay, yes, the country so code is one, so you're calling the United definitely States. one. There's definitely one in there. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And then, I mean, I'll tell you what the other ones are. I mean, it could be any one of nine numbers. <laughs> the truth is you could just look on our Twitter feed, uh, which is at uh, Star Trek uh, TNC, and uh, look it up. But here it is. 323-834-8754. That's three aft fit ski. What's wrong? I just hate that it spells nothing and you insist on saying something. I don't have to say it. I, I enjoy that it spells nothing. It says it, the word aft in it. I really looked at those things for so long. Yeah, sure. No, I get it. I get it. And there was um, nothing. It doesn't add up to anything. Well, uh, Hey, if there's a way that we can get a specific Google voicemail, please uh, email us. I don't know that there is. Interesting. There probably um, is. So, yeah, please. Uh, you know what? I'd be like to hear. 
from you guys. Call and leave us a voicemail about the Star Trek Discovery trailer. Tell us what you thought. Oh, good thing. Try to make it under 30 seconds, though. If you're making it under 30 seconds, you can tell us what you thought. Either your biggest problem or the thing you're most looking forward to with the trailer, we'll play it next week during the trailer breakdown. That number again is one. Oh, at uh, three two three eight three four eight seven five four. You know what I realized? We didn't at the beginning. There's no point in talking about it now. We, we didn't, didn't tell we didn't. the audience whether they should watch this episode. Uh, yeah, they're on their own. We okay. had to watch it. Right. They had to watch it. Tough luck, people. I'm out of here. Now I've got the bridge. This is a great. First, I'm going to go into the ready room. Ah, I'm the captain. <laughs> hey, everybody. I'm the captain. Ah, touching the globe. Ah, throwing it around. Now I'm going to look at his little models. <laughs> I think I'm going to read some Shakespeare. <laughs> to be or not to be. All right, back to the bridge. Why is everybody looking at me weird? <laughs> Screw all you people. I'm the captain. Is it you?